Hello, this is Diane from dianeabroad.com. It's 11 o'clock in the morning in Marseille, France. My voice is still kind of um, garbled from the laryngitis I picked up in Spain. Oh gosh, almost two weeks ago. But here I am in Marseille. I'm happy to be here. It's the 28th of July, my mother's birthday. She's 91 today. I'm going to call her later today. We're six hours difference from France and Ohio. So here we are. I'm, and this is my first podcast in, I don't know, probably six weeks. Today, I'm going to talk about Airbnb. It is my most used lodging website. I've been traveling for over a year and a half, and I think I've used Airbnb virtually the whole time. So I know about Airbnb. So today, I'm going to talk to you about my steps I take to rent a spot on Airbnb. Because I don't tour. I don't go to touring companies very often. I mean, sometimes I do, but I stay in Airbnbs. So the first thing I do is now, for example, I'm getting ready to go to Milan, Italy. Um, And so I Google Milan, Italy on the Lonely Planet website because I really like that website. It's everything that you wanted to know about your city descriptions, things to do, the weather, the co- the weather, the cost per day according to your budget and how much you want to spend uh, and so on. And the other part I like about all of that is Lonely Planet sometimes will also describe areas in which to stay in those larger cities. So I'm unfamiliar with Milan and As I go look for an Airbnb, I want to make sure I'm in the right location. In this case, Milan, according to the Lonely Planet, did not talk about at all the areas in which to stay. So the second step, if that's the uh, case, and I don't get what I want from Lonely Planet, then I'll Google Milan, Italy, where to stay. And I look at not only the areas in which not to stay, but I also look at the areas in which to stay. And you can find that from TripAdvisor and some of those, you know, those lodging and touristy companies, which I prefer not to go there, uh, simply because it's sometimes it's too long to access it. But also because I think it's, you know, it's bent toward hotels and that's not what I want. So, um, Sometimes I'll scroll scroll down after I've Googled areas in which to stay in Milan, Italy, and sometimes I'll find bloggers. So I did that with Milan, and I found the areas in which I wanted to stay. It sometimes, you know, you'll find out the upscale areas, the touristy areas, historic districts, uh, the bohemian areas, and all of that, whatever appeals to you. And what appeals to me varies according to, to what I, where I've just been and what I've just done, so I won't dwell on that. When I know the areas that I want to stay in, I'll check it out on the map. So I'll Google it on a map, and I can see that area. I want to become familiar with where that area is and adjacent to the dot where Milan, Italy is. That's step one. (laughs) Step number two, after I've looked at a lonely planet and I've Googled to find out about areas, I log into Airbnb and I type in the city. I type in the dates. 
I indicate the kind of room I want to stay in, whether it's an entire home or it's a shared space or a room. And then I will indicate my price range and the amenities. The amenities uh, right off the top for me include Wi-Fi, kitchen, and a washer for clothes. That's all I put in there because I don't want to eliminate uh, other opportunities. So my amenities are only Wi-Fi, kitchen, and washer. Then step three, I click on search and I watch everything pop up. And I really first look on the right at the map. And as you know, if you've been on Airbnb, when you look at the map, you can see those little icons with the amount per night that show up on the map. So I look at the map, I find out where it is I want to stay. Actually, this time in Milan, I want to stay in Chinatown, which is very close to um, the wonderful districts, which I can't pronounce probably on online. So forgive me. But I'm, I'm looking at to stay at the edge of Chinatown, which is north. It's a little northwest. I prefer to be in northeast. It's a little pricey on that side of town. So anyway, I have, look, I'm looking at the map. I look at where I know where is Chinatown and I start clicking on the prices that interest me. That's step three. And then when I'm looking at the individual apartments or an Airbnb, I look at the pictures immediately. I whisk through those pictures. And I personally, now you may be looking for something else, but I personally am interested in having windows and light come into my area. That's I found over time that that's really important to me. I mean, I've stayed in places without a window. I wanted to shoot myself. How did that happen? So I want light. I want no clutter. I want, you'd be surprised at the clutter. I want a real bed. I mean, even if it's a futon, that's okay, but I'm not interested in a mattress sitting on the floor. I want simple yet warm decor. And that's really about all I look for. And if something shoots out at me that I think is unpleasant, I, I just delete that and don't even look at it. I go to each of those apartments, um, I click on that, on that icon, I read the entire page, including all the reviews, unless they're like hundreds of reviews, but I read all the reviews looking for, you know, looking for problems or looking for the good news. I also check the amenities that are listed under that page to make sure that it says Wi-Fi, kitchen, and washer. And then I'll look for other things. Now, let me digress. For example, if I looked in the pictures and I saw lots of steps, lots of stairs, or the description had lots of steps or stairs, I want to make sure there's an elevator or I, that I'm capable of traversing those stairs with my tennis racket, with my, <laughs> with my guitar and my medium-sized suitcase. So I look at the amenities. I would like to have a hairdryer. It's not extremely important. Um, I don't care anything about a TV. So I just look for those things that are important to me. I also checked on this page for the apartment, the uh, cancellation policy. Now, in the beginning, I would only stay in apartments that had, you know, kind of a 
really open cancellation policy. You could pol- you could cancel within 24 hours of the start date without a fee. And um, I've avoided the strict policy for Airbnb. And the strict policy is that, say for today, the 28th of July at 11 a.m., if I agreed to rent and I paid my fee to rent and it's 11.04, oh my gosh, what, at 11.05, I decided that wasn't good and I reserved space under the strict cancellation policy, I'm already 50% in the hole because they'll keep 50% of your money. So there was a time I never did that strict policy, but I have done it when I know for a fact that nothing's going to interfere. So again, I look for the pictures. I look for light, no clutter. I look for a real bed. I look for simple yet warm decor. I read the entire page, including the reviews. I check the amenities. I check the cancellation policies. And then if it's good, I add it to my wish list. And I keep searching until I am finished or feel good about what I have on my wish list. Step five, I go back to my wish list and begin reviewing my decisions, why I liked it, and I start narrowing down. Sometimes I'll have three or four places, and I write to the host. The first thing I do is introduce myself. Now, even though I have a profile on Airbnb, and the hosts can always check my profile, I just say that I'm a solo traveler and I've been traveling with Airbnb for a long time and I've been staying with Airbnbs for a long time and then I'm traveling in this case from Milan, excuse me, from Marseille to Milan by train. Um, I say in, in glowing and realistic terms what I liked about the apartment. It had good light. I love the decor. I love the location. I like what she's done in the bathroom or he's done in the decor in the kitchen and so forth. I also ask about things that are important to me, even if in the description the host has spoken to those things. For example, Wi-Fi is my number one important amenity. Let me digress on that. In the past, when I've seen it has internet Wi-Fi, I just trusted that. But I was burnt twice. Once when I was in Florence, Italy, I stayed in this lovely, lovely old apartment that was just right out of a magazine and an old magazine. And it said it had Wi-Fi. Well, I got up on Wi-Fi in the morning and it was good for an hour and I couldn't get Wi-Fi. Well, ultimately, the next day, I contacted the host and she said, oh, you only have Wi-Fi for an hour. Well... I'm afraid she did not get good reviews from me because I went back and read the description of this apartment and it didn't say Wi-Fi for only an hour. That was number one experience I had. I also went to San Sebastian, Spain, way up in the corner by France, and 
I couldn't get Wi-Fi and sh- and the host there said, oh, well, Wi-Fi isn't good during the high season. Well, I looked back at the description of the apartment and didn't say that. So she got a bad re- review, too. <laughs> the good news is now I know to check for Wi-Fi and I explain I'm a writer. It's extremely important to me that I have high quality Wi-Fi most of the day. And if that is not the case, please be clear to me that it is not the case. That's number one I ask about when I'm writing to my host. The other thing I ask about is transportation. Even if it's even if it's mentioned in the description, I will ask about how close it is to the airport or how close it is to the train station. I want to know if I can get a taxi. Or is there public transportation? And if there is public transportation, I, I ask in a warm and friendly way um, details about that public transportation. That is how often, what bus, or what tram, or what subway, what time, how long it takes, and so forth. So then the third item Wi-Fi, transportation, and then the third item, anything that might have jumped out at me. For example, if I saw stairs and yet there was no mention of an elevator, I would ask about that. Or sometimes there are pictures that I think are missing. For example, I saw this lovely apartment in Genoa. Is that how you pronounce it? All my friends are telling me my mispronunciation, so forgive me. Um, But I saw this lovely spot in Genoa, but it didn't have any photos of the bathroom and it didn't have any photos of the view from inside the apartment out the window, which is important to me. So sometimes I'll ask for photos and then I wait and we'll see. So let me explain so far what I've done. I've said when I go to Airbnb, first I Google Lonely Planet and I find out a lot of information. Then I go to Airbnb with an eye to where I want to be in the city. And I look at the dates and the amenities and I say I want a, a entire house. That's what I want. You may want something different. And then I um, look closely at the map and find my area and my price, and then move on. I look at the pictures and the reviews, and I check again the amenities and the cancellation policies before I write to the host. I'm going to say one couple of other little things. Um, One of the things that I have learned is that some people do ask for a discount rate for Airbnb. I mean, when they write to the host, they'll ask if they can give them a break. I've never done that. I don't know why I haven't done that. But one trick I do do, I do do. And that is, this is what I did in Florence. Excuse me. This is what I did in Lucca, Italy. I went to Lucca, Italy. And as I looked on the page on the apartment page on Airbnb, I clicked on calendar and I saw that the calendar was open. For the whole month that I, and I wanted to be there for a week, but it was open for the whole month. I hadn't been to Luca. Heard good things about Luca. I loved this apartment, but I wasn't willing to rent it for a month because I thought I may not like it. Furthermore, if it's not rented at all for that whole month, that may say something bad about the place. So in this case with Luca, I rented 
the apartment for a week. And then I got there and it was magnificent. Perfect location. 600 year old um, nunnery. The original brick cove ceilings overlooking Luca at the second level down at the beautiful shops. It was just like out of a movie. So after two or three days, I contacted my host offline, not on Airbnb, and I said, I love it. Can I stay three more weeks? And he said, yes. And I said, can I stay three four, three more weeks and work with you um, directly rather than going through Airbnb? And he said, yes. And so we, we um, came up with a good deal. And so that's what I've done. Because sometimes I, it's a week and the calendar's open. I want to stay for a week. And um, I'll wait and see. That's happening to me right now. I'm going to this little Italian city. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Anyway, I'll write it down on my blog. And it's a little village. It's so small, I can't even find the population. But it's uh, in a beautiful area, and it's uh, I'm staying in a B&B, and <coughs> excuse me, and um, it's open for the whole month of August. But I'm getting there the first of August, so if I like it, hmm, I might stay a little bit longer. But ultimately, I'm going to Milan. We're leaving Milan on the 22nd of August, going back to Kosovo, Pristina, Kosovo, where I'm doing my uh, consulting work for the American University of Kosovo. This is Diane from dianeabroad.com. I hope that um, you enjoyed this podcast and I hope that you will tell me what you think. Um, I hope you've learned something about it. Tell me what else you want to know about Airbnbs and I look forward to seeing you on the podcast next time. Bye-bye.